Corinthians chapter 5, you can find it on page 818. Go ahead and grab one of the pew Bibles if you don't have your Bible. And, and uh, just so you know, if you, if you are using one of those pew Bibles and want to take it home with you, they're brand new Bibles and we just want to encourage you, go ahead and take one and feel free to take one with you because we want you to have God's word and uh, go ahead and, and read it. And uh, so open that up right now, if you would, please. Second Corinthians chapter five. As we start out today, I just want to ask you, how many of you in some way have worn any kind of glasses, contacts, bifocals, sunglasses, or anything? How many of you? Raise your hands. All right, good. I, I think I see everybody. Has anybody not ever worn a glass of any sort? I don't see anybody. You know what's amazing about glasses? Because I have my glasses with me. It's not for fad, not for style. It's to make a point about glasses. Glasses are amazing because you see the same thing, right? but differently. And that's the purpose of glasses. When you put on a set of glasses of any sort, I mean, if it's corrective glasses, when you put those glasses on, what you couldn't see clearly, now you can see clearly. What you couldn't read, now you can read. Or when it's really bright outside and you walk outside and you put a set of sunglasses on, now you can see better because you're not being blinded by the glare. So you actually see the same thing, but you have a new perspective. You have a new way of seeing things that you saw before that you're looking at them very differently now. And today it's called New Perspective. We've been in the series of New Year, New You, but today I want you to have a new perspective on life, on how you view your life and how you view God in your life. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we've been, in, we've been there for a few weeks now in this chapter, but now we're going back to the very beginning of, of verse, uh, chapter 5. And look at verse one there. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we're clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Okay, now what does that mean? If you go back to verse one, God says, we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed. I don't know if you've ever gone camping before. We like to go camping and like to put up a tent, stay in a tent, or, or now we have a pop-up uh, pop camper. But tents are not permanent, are they? I mean, you've seen the pictures of Haiti. People are living in tents because they had to leave their homes and now they're living in tents. Across America last year in 2009, that when people were losing their jobs and losing their homes, some people actually would just take a tent and put it in a field and that became their tent. But God wants us to compare for just a moment a tent with a building and says your life and my life is a lot like a tent. It's not permanent. So when God says, we know that if the earthly tent we live in, we're living in this body, but this body is not permanent. It's temporary. But look at the next part. But we have a, what's the word? Building from God, an eternal what? House. What's God trying to say? He says, as you live your life every day, live it from 
a, a temporary perspective. Do you know that God guarantees and promises so many things throughout the Bible, but God never guaranteed your next breath. Never did. Your temporariness, if you will, might end today. And are you living your life that way? Knowing that God has been making an eternal dwelling, a house, a building in heaven for you and I that's going to last for all eternity. And in John chapter 14, when Jesus was talking to his disciples on Thursday night, he said, you trust in God, trust also in me. He says, in my Father's house are many places. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you so that you might be where I am. While we're here on earth, God is in heaven preparing your place, my place, different versions use house or mansion or place. God is up in heaven preparing an eternal dwelling for you and I to replace this earthly tent that we're living in. So what I want you to do is put your glasses on for a minute and ask yourself, are you living with an eternal perspective in mind? Or are you living just for now? And I think it's so easy for us to get caught into the here and now. I mean, you listen to the news, and I don't know if you like the news, but when you're watching news, we get caught up right now, right in today. And it's about all the things that are going on today. But do you ever hear anything about heaven? Never. Do you ever hear Anybody in New News say, it's okay because God's in control. You ever hear that? With everything from Haiti, do you ever hear that God really is in control even in Haiti? No, you don't hear that. But God is in control. Did God know this was going to happen? Absolutely. Did God take a lot of people off to heaven? Absolutely. Is God, is God preparing and, and using a lot of people all around the world to do what God wants to do and what God wants to accomplish there? Absolutely. God is in complete control. And if we look at it from a narrow perspective, a short-sighted perspective, this is totally and completely disastrous. But what about from a heavenly perspective? What about from God's perspective? Is it horrible? I mean, our goal, God talks about our goal is getting to heaven. God took a lot of people to heaven. I mean, I know it's disastrous there and there's a lot of issues going on and it breaks our hearts. But put your eternal glasses on. Do you think God is using this to do what God wants to do? Absolutely. Is God going to bring good out of this? Do you know that's his promise? That all things, all things work together for good. All things. God is accomplishing what God wants to accomplish. And I think the same is true for our lives. God is accomplishing things in our lives that we can't see. But doesn't mean that God is not in control. God still is. Let's look at that, okay? All right, let's go on. Verse four, or verse five. Now, it is God who has made us for this very purpose, this eternal purpose, and has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. See, God gave you His Spirit, friends. 
who indwells you, promising you every promise of God that you will live forever when you believe in Jesus Christ. You have that promise and you have that guarantee of God's spirit in you. This is about God. And so often I think we lose our, our perspective and we think it's just about us. Okay, let's go on. Therefore, we're always confident and know that as long as we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. Ver say verse seven with me. We live by faith, not by sight. Say that again. We live by faith, not by sight. Are you living by faith today? That's a hard question. Or are you living by sight? Are you living by what you can see? Or living, are you living in faith? Now, what does that mean? Let's unpack faith, okay? You might want to write these three words down. This is what faith is. It's knowing, it's believing, it's trusting. Oftentimes, people think that we have a blind faith. No, we don't. It's always based upon what we know, what we believe, and what we trust. That's what faith is. Let me give you an example of this, okay? Just imagine for a moment, somebody came into Messiah right now and took a wire and put it up from this side over to this side, maybe up at that second line up there, pretty high up. And they put a, a, a wire up there and then they put a ladder up there and said, how many of you think I can walk across that wire? Would we know? Have we ever seen this person do that before? No. See, we don't know. We have no idea if that person can walk across that wire or not. And then all of a sudden, he walks across the wire and he walks back. Now, what do we know? We know he can do it. That's the first step of faith. Our faith is based on what we know. We know God in his word and what he said to us. Okay, the next one, believing. Let's just say he got to the end and he said, how many of you think that I can do it again with a chair on my back? My guess would be we'd all say, yeah, I believe you could do that. I mean, I know you can walk it without the chair. Based upon what I know, I believe that you could probably do this with a chair on your back. So he puts a chair on his back, straps it in real tight, walks across, walks back. Now you know he could do it and you believe he can do it. Now he asks you another question. How many of you think I could do this, walk across it with a chair on my back, with a person in a chair? And I bet most of us would say, I think you could do that. I even believe you could do that. But what was the third part of faith? Trust. Here's the next question. Who's volunteering to get in? Do you know what? That's the difference in faith. I would venture to say that most of you believe that Jesus came to this earth. Anybody believe that? Yeah. I would venture to say most of you believe that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. Do you believe that? Yeah. Now it's going to get harder. But how many of you trust 
that he died for you. I see hands going up. Yeah, I didn't even ask you for hands. But you know what? That one's a hard one. Life is hard, isn't it, at times? How many of you trust that God is in control of your life all the time? Yeah, you don't have to keep raising your hands. I want you to, just, I want you to ponder these questions. Sometimes life gets really hard. Is God still in control? Yes, but do we always trust it? Or have you ever found yourself saying, God, do you even care? Do you even care about me? See, now we're doubting whether or not we can really trust. God, do you really forgive me? I, I'm not so sure that you can really forgive my sins that I've committed. I don't know if you can really forgive me. That's the difference between believing he can forgive and trusting that he's forgiven you. And sometimes God will ask you to do things, take a step that is humanly insane. That by sight, everybody around you would say, that's insane. But by faith, God says, that's the right thing to do. When God called Abraham and said, Abraham, leave your house, leave your family, leave everything, all your, and go to the place I'm going to show you. Did that make sense? No, that didn't make any sense. When Jesus said to the disciples, all right, I'm sending you out two by two. I want you to go to all these towns and I want you to preach. Now you'll be gone for a while. Take no money, no extra tunic to wear, no extra clothes, no food. Take nothing with you on the journey. Just go. Does that make sense? You see, that doesn't make any sense. I'm sure the disciples were looking at each other like going, you know, is he crazy? He wants us to just go and I guess it'll just all work out. You see, that's the difference between I believe God can provide or I trust God's going to provide. This last week around here was really horrific. It just was. You got to know. It's one of the worst days of my life. That we let go five staff. I can't begin to tell you how hard that was. And from a human perspective, it was insane. How in the world do you function with five less people? How do we do ministry of five less people? These were outstanding staff, amazing in their jobs, great servants of the Lord, love the Lord with all their heart. Why would we do that? And this is where faith comes in. Because one thing I can assure you is that we were walking by faith, not by sight. With all my heart, I believe God was leading us to do what we did. And it was hard. From an earthly perspective, insane. I don't know why God wanted us to do that. I'm not blaming God. Don't misunderstand. I believe God was leading not only me, the board, the elders, to 
And this is what we really believe God wanted us to do. And it hurt. And I'll be honest with you, I woke up on Thursday in sheer panic. Because when I woke up Thursday morning, I said, oh my goodness, what did we just do? Walking in faith is hard. And I had to trust God completely, and I still do, that God is providing for them. I have to trust God's in control. I have to trust that God is doing what God wants to do. And they have to trust. And sometimes when you step out in faith, friends, Sometimes it doesn't go well. I'll give you an example from my life. You know, 18 months ago, you called me and said, hey, come be our, on our pastoral staff. Okay, we did. Now, wouldn't you think God would help along the way a little bit? Wouldn't you? We still got that house. And this has been a hard thing for us because we're like, God, what are you doing? If you said go and we went, then why aren't you selling that house? I don't know. But you know, God keeps asking me, do you trust me? Yep. Okay, then I'll take care of it. And I get anxious at times. God says, do you trust me? Yes, then don't worry about it. When you know you're right where God wants you, it doesn't mean it's always going to be, it's going to go well. But when you know in your heart that you're trusting and you're acting on what God wants you to do, you can take confidence that you're exactly where God wants you, no matter what. And I would venture to say that a lot of you believe God with all your heart. But I'm going to challenge you. Have you always taken a step of faith in every area of your life? And I'll give you just one example to ask you this question. God challenged you and I in Malachi chapter 3, and you can read about this. God challenges us to tithe. Give 10% of our income to the Lord. The top 10%. Not after taxes, the top 10%. And all of a sudden, a lot of us go, Ooh, do I trust God enough to just do it? Only 7% of Americans actually tithe. You know, 13% of Americans say they do, but only seven actually do. You see, that's the difference between I believe, God, that you're going to take care of me. I believe, God, that you're going to provide for me. I believe, God, I believe in you. Good. Now, do you trust him? Have you taken that step of faith? And say, now I have to trust you, that you're really going to provide for me. And that's one area. Some of you are challenged to take a step of faith and do something that God's prompting you to do and you're scared to death to do it, that's okay. I'll be the first to tell you, this Wednesday, I was scared to death. Woke up, scared to death. 
How are we going to do this? I don't know. God keeps assuring me, don't worry. Messiah has everything they need. Everything that we need. Guess where it is? Look around, would you? God has provided everything we need in you. Every skill set we need as a church, God has already provided right here. Have you taken that step of faith? And are you using your gifts? See, God says we walk by faith, not by sight. Start turning to Proverbs chapter 3. It's on page 450. Proverbs chapter 3. You know, in life, it's really easy to say that we believe and we have faith. But the hardest thing you'll ever do is take that step of faith that's completely trusting Christ. See, and I want to challenge you today while you're turning there. Have you trusted Jesus completely? You may believe in Jesus, way to go. And almost every, every one of you said, I believe in Jesus, way to go. So does the devil. He believes in Jesus. He knows he exists. He believes Jesus is the savior in the world. He said to Jesus, I know who you are. But has he ever taken that step to trust Jesus for his salvation? Absolutely not. Have you? In Proverbs chapter 3, I want you to read it with me, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. What does God say? Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of it. That means every area of your life are you trusting God. And don't rely on whose understanding? Your own. That's hard to do, isn't it? That means you trust God. When God leads you to do something, you do it. Trusting that God's going to take care of you. Wow, that's hard to do. It's really hard to do. See, let me ask you this question. Another analogy. If you would see your life as a car, is God your steering wheel or your spare tire? See, is God the kind of God in your life that when you're in trouble, you take the spare out and you can keep going because God will help you through that? Or is God the steering wheel of your life that every decision, God is intimately involved in your life? with every decision. Or better yet, I got a better one. Or do you maybe need to slide over into the passenger seat and allow God to live and lead your life? That one's harder. Because when you place yourself into God's hands, you slide over into the passenger seat and say, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. 
Whatever comes my way, I'm trusting that you're driving. Can you do that with God? You know, it all starts with the cross, friends. Here's what I mean by that. It's one thing to believe that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. And you can say, I believe that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You might say, I believe that. That whoever believes in him has eternal life. I believe that. You probably can say, I believe that. But do you believe that Jesus is your savior? Yours. Do you believe that when you die someday that you don't have to wonder, did you do enough good things? Did you work hard enough? Were you good enough? You say, no, my faith is in God. And I trust him that he said, if I believe in him, that I have eternal life. And you can die peacefully knowing that God is gonna take you to heaven, not because of what you did or didn't do, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. That you can honestly say to God, thank you that I'm completely forgiven. That's trust. That no matter what you've done, God has completely forgiven you. That's what the cross means. Do you trust God with all of your heart? Let's pray together. Lord, today you really challenge us, God. Really, you, you really challenged me first. Do I trust you? And God, do we trust you? You're an amazing God, Father. We just want to thank you. As a church, we trusted you when this building was built. And all the people that come to hear about you, we give you thanks, God. God, may we follow you every day. May we trust you May we see with eyes of faith, not just what we see, but may we have eyes of faith to see what you want us to see, to do what you want us to do, even though it doesn't always make sense. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people said, amen.